Welcome to Overtime Hockey Talk. My name is Mark Paul. My co-host Justin Baker and I are here to talk Florida Panthers, Tampa Bay Lightning, Calgary Flames, and the Los Angeles Kings as we kind of begin to wrap up the teams that are in playoff contention, uh, just doing a deep dive into all these teams. But before we jump into those four teams, Justin, you have a trade proposal that could be fantastic for both teams. Uh, I want to hear it again as I, I'm I'm having some time now to digest it. Um, it does involve the Leafs, so you know anytime that happens, um, I get a I get a pretty solid stiffy, and uh, that's that's my I'm like my trade stiffy. You know, I'm just I'm I'm here. I'm very aware of what's happening right now. I'm extra extra in the moment. We'll say. Yeah. First off, let me just say, speaking <laughs> of erections. Oh, here we go. I was rather flaccid the other night watching Detroit lose to Arizona. They uh, Dude. Yeah. they scored nine goals, the most in franchise history since moving in from Winnipeg again. So um, Seven points for Nick Schmaltz. Uh, I mean, the guy's got, what, 17 points in the last two games? I mean, it's crazy what Arizona's doing, but... Yeah, uh, yeah. Consolation prize. Jacob Baran is back for Detroit. I guess I don't know how else to look at it. And- <laughs> I mean, those games you just say, "Well, that was a that was a weird game," and you just move on. Like, it, right? They're they're never going to allow nine goals again. You know, it's not. It, it'll be fine. It's like that Leafs ten seven game. Well, I was going to say I thought against, the Wings wouldn't let that. That many was against wings. Detroit, wasn't it? Right. <laughs> I would oh, figure they'd shoot. never let that well, many goals in again, and then what do they do a few games later? There right? goes, I mean, there goes shit. that. Um, <laughs> well, in I guess at least they didn't let in ten again. There you go, <laughs> silver lining. Yikes! <laughs> okay, uh, let's hear your trade proposal. You are on the clock. Yes. So if I'm Toronto, right, the one thing I'm looking at is obviously everybody's screaming goaltender, goaltender, and right now there's not a ton of big-name goaltenders outside of Mark andre Fleury that are really going to make a huge impact, right? I mean, yes, you can go out and make a move here for maybe a lesser-known goaltender, but really is it that big of an upgrade? I think more or less what Toronto really could use uh, more than anything as a top-two defenseman to really you know, relieve some of the pressure to Morgan Riley and TJ Brody. And so to me, I love the move of sending William Nylander to Arizona – for Jacob Chikrin. It's it is a fascinating prospect. I mean, William Nylander is he he's got twenty two goals. He's he's probably gonna score thirty this year. He's probably gonna end up with around seventy to eighty points. Uh I mean he would become definitely Arizona's best offensive player. There's no doubt about that. Uh I guess my initial thoughts are the problem is that he's 25 years old, so he is older than Jacob Chikrin. So I think it would probably have to be Nylander plus something, probably a, a first or a second or something, I or a prospect. I, I would imagine that that they're hoping to get back more in the futures thing. I, Whereas Nylander, you know what Nylander? I mean, he's got a he's got a big deal. Left. Like he's got plenty of time left on his deal. He, he's got well another two years. Yeah, I guess that's that would be the, probably the stop for Arizona is the two years left because he he'd be out. He would leave Arizona, and you're not going to get as much for Chikrin as you do Nylander. So what else are the Leafs throwing in there? to really sweeten the pot because yeah, Arizona could easily make that deal, have some prospects and picks and Nylander and then go and flip Nylander and turn him into another couple first round picks. Sure. Yeah. And maybe in my mind, maybe you throw in, um, you know, a defensive prospect, maybe you throw in, um, and really make it interesting because again, I look at Toronto and I see they're you know, they had the first and the second this year, but they really don't have any mid round picks or late picks after that. And so uh, maybe if you're Toronto, you know, you're still trying to um, get some assets back outside of Nylander. So maybe you try to get like a third or second round pick from, uh, 
you know, from Arizona in return because they've got a bevy of second-round picks right now. So maybe you sure. throw in a guy like a Timothy Lilligren or Rasmus Sandin and Ooh. try to sweeten the pot. I don't think they're doing that. <laughs> I don't think – well, I don't not, think so not, either, but, not, I mean, Sandin at this point, he's playing top four, top four minutes, and he's not quite there – but he's going to be. It's very apparent he's going to be. Sure. Or Timothy maybe Lilligan's a Travis Dermott. Sorry? Maybe a Travis Dermott, right? You throw him in there. Okay, a Dermott. Yep, that would that would make a little more sense. Um, or Justin Hall or something like that. Uh, I guess Chikrin plays the... He kind of plays both sides, but he's a left, left-handed shot. So I think... Yes, he's a left-handed shot. So it would, it would make probably more sense to get rid of Dermot because Hall can play that other side but um, I mean I love the I love the hockey trade anytime a hockey trade even has a little potential uh, I think it's a, a wonderful idea I mean I think Chikrin would solve a lot of the Leafs issues the only issue I see with it for the Leafs is that by getting rid of Nylander you're you're making a, a top six that like is super top heavy uh, even weaker. Like they they need Nylander for that second line uh, to really go. And without him, I don't know how effective like a Tavares might be or Kerfoot. Like you can kind of slide Nylander all over the place, and it really limits your options. So that would be the concern. Is you know I could see if Nicholas Roberts Robertson was scoring like his bro, then. Then yeah, Nylander's expendable, but he's just as needed as the Leafs need a defenseman, in my mind. So you're kind of swapping one problem for the other. Although you know Chikrin is cheaper and for has a longer deal, so there's there is that too. It would give you more flexibility to bring somebody else in. So there's that. Exactly, and I think again that flexibility, right? Maybe you can get Arizona to take a guy like uh, you know. Kerfoot with you too and so now you've you've even op- you've opened up even more cap flexibility right in the off season uh, that that deal could happen right now sure. no way in hell that happens the <laughs> Leafs aren't giving up two players in their top six in exchange for a defenseman uh, uh that just that I don't think that w- that would fly no I I agree but there are some cheap options out there you could go out and snag to maybe try to um, you know, fill in, I guess, quote unquote, with, uh, you know, the missing, I guess, you know, scoring that you're going to lack, you know, by getting rid of Nylander. Because to me, Tavares is a guy who I think you can put, you know, like middle six guys on his wing and he's going to make them better, right? So Yeah, but he uh, hasn't really been that – he hasn't been nearly as effective this season as he has in the past. Like he's – I he really looks like – well, the last three years of this $11 million a year deal, it's, I mean, yes, he's still averaging about a point per game, which I, I it's fantastic. I think that it's, it's more the players that are playing with him than it is him. I, it's not okay. to say that he's not still playing at an elite level, but boy, I don't know that he's, he's a point per game player if he's not playing with Nylander. Hmm, interesting. Okay, well, hey, I mean, if that's the case, then right, then obviously if you're Toronto, you're saying, well, well, crap, we can't trade this guy right now, right? Nylander's but not going anywhere you, if that's the way you think. But you go, well, we could get Chikrin, and suddenly our our offense maybe uh, is just produced in a different way. Like you, all of a sudden you have this off, uh, defenseman who's capable offensively, and that, that could really – change up uh, a whole lot. I mean, it is a fa- I I don't know that Arizona would do it. That I think that Arizona doesn't care about, you know, where the Leafs strengths are. I, I think they just probably would want more and I don't know that the Leafs have the more that they'd be looking for. I guess like a Matthew Nyes, you throw him in there and uh, you can do a lot, but at what cost, you know, do you, if you're going to if you're going to acquire a defenseman and give up a forward the prospects you're probably trying to give up are probably defensemen. So maybe maybe you were right earlier. Like a, a Lilligren might be a, a more reasonable, like, hey, I know Lilligren could probably end up being a second-pairing defenseman, like an average second-pairing defenseman. 
So yeah, he could be worth giving up in that deal. You're going to have to make space for a new defenseman anyways. Uh, but I don't think you're giving up on Sandine yet. Uh, he looks like he's going to be real good, but it's a, it is a very interesting thought. Did, did you hear anyone else talking about this or was this just like, if, if you were the general manager, this is the deal you'd make. <laughs> well, I mean, I have said for a while, right. If I, I, if I had to make a move, if I'm Toronto, right, I think Neil Andrews has got to push out because he's going to get you a good return. Now, um, I did come across this on Sportsnet. Um, they were one of their their amateur scouts was was on there talking about moves at the deadline and and went in for quite a while as far as um, you know Toronto's needs, right? And I, I think you know obviously they they have you know a, a few concerns and um, gosh, I can't remember the stat it was, but basically you know Campbell is obviously not the the goaltender he was at the first third of the season and he's allowed just a, a crap ton of goals and lately i think yeah. four goals on his last five games played or more so um yeah so there's some concern there and i don't know if you know Morazic and campbell are really the two guys you want to go in the playoffs with but again maybe you tighten up that defense right and this is where that nylander trade came in you tighten up the defense you structurally improve on that back end and that makes goaltending a little bit easier for those yeah, two give guys up, give up fewer high risk qualities chances yeah uh i i still i still believe that jack campbell is going to figure it out and and so will morazic i think morazic is more i mean this is this is uh you know this is year one for morazic with a new team coming from a team that played kind of like differently than the leafs so i'm willing to give him you know a full half a season which i know we're a little past the half season but not that much uh I'm willing to give him time to kind of acclimate to this team. Um, with Campbell, I don't know what's going on, but I just – you don't go from being the goalie he was earlier in the year to all of a sudden just being absolute garbage. Like, something's going on. They're going to figure it out. I, I think I have – you don't often see that, you know, where a guy's just – he's he frankly, it's not even – like last year he was good too. So th- I think this is the anomaly, not not the other way that he was playing. So I mean, only time will tell. But uh, I think you know, as as we near the playoffs, it's gonna it's gonna come together for him. And I don't think that goaltending will be the issue. It it really is gonna be. I mean, it's just the playoffs are the issue for the Leafs. They just have to win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the way it's looking, Boston's creeping up, so uh could yeah. make things rather interesting. Yep. Boston is uh they're what f- four points as of uh as of this? They're they're five points now. Five points, yeah. Because the Leafs won racked off two in a row. That helped. Uh so that that put them in a little bit better of a spot. I I still think when all is said and done, Boston is the, the wild card. I, I don't think that they they're they're on a nice run right now. Don't get me wrong, uh, but they haven't proven that they've gone on some nice runs this year. Haven't proven that they can just rattle off four wins, lose one, four wins. Lo- like they're not they're not dominating uh, the way that maybe they have in the past. So I I think they'll they're still a good team. They'll still be dangerous. I mean, whoever finishes first in this division, who pulls Boston in the first round, good luck. Like that's not a series that I wish on anyone. It's going to be a tough series, tough first round. Even if you win it, it's a tough first round. It's definitely not yep. going to sweep the Bruins, that's for sure. That is for sure. Okay, uh, shall we move into our four teams that we're covering today? Uh, let's do it. Uh, let's start with the first place Florida Panthers. As uh, you know, this this team to me might be one of the more exciting teams on trade deadline. They, they do have almost $4 million in cap space. Uh, there's, they could do quite a bit of things here. And I'm excited because, oh, it's, it's really looking like there's a good chance that Claude Giroux might go to Florida. I, Claude Giroux. From what I understand, the... Philadelphia Flyers scouts were seen at uh, a checkers game. They are the AHL affiliate for the Florida Panthers. 
so there's that, you know, that's, that's one link. Uh, the Panthers have the cap space, assuming that there's, you know, 50% taken here and there and maybe one contract sent out. I think he would be a fantastic fit. And you know what, you know, who Giroux is to this team that they have been missing for what? Three, three, four years. Yermir Yager. Yager was that like, he he didn't have that high-end speed maybe that the rest of the team had around him, especially the high-end guys, but just know, knows where to go, just reads the game so well, leads and can take guys under his wing. And, you know, that team wasn't making the playoffs. Uh, but this team's going to make the playoffs. Giroux's been to the Stanley Cup Finals. He, he can take guys under his wing and, and he could play on the power play. You can you could have him be a third line center. It doesn't matter. Like you can have this guy play anywhere you want him to, and he's gonna fit in. Like he can he can play with the high end super fast players because you know what? Guess who was the All Star MVP? Claude Giroux. I the guy can play at high at fast speeds, but he can also you know you can also put him with players that uh, that aren't gonna blow by you. I mean he played with. Jacob Voracek for years, um, not known as the sp- a speed demon, and was able to more more or less you know grind in the corners and and use his smarts to be in the right place. Uh, I think that he is a far better fit for Florida than he is with the Avalanche, who who is the other team obviously that he's been rumored to go to for the last four months. Your thoughts. Hey. Very interesting indeed. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think if there's any two teams, I mean, first off, let's just make it clear. The Flyers have told Claude Giroux, I mean, because of his contract, like it's wherever you want to go, right? Where you say you want to go, we'll make the deal. And that's if he wants to go anywhere, right? So obviously the Flyers are doing their due diligence. They're going scouting. They're they're watching the games. Um, if I'm looking at these two teams, right? These, If I'm Claude Giroux, these are the two teams that I want to go to, right? Uh, Tampa's going to have a hard time squeezing your cap, you know, cap figure. And so you can't really go there unless you get traded to like four different teams and get a slice of that. Four, cap. four <laughs> I mean, teams. That would be great. Yeah. Not going to happen. So let's just be frank about that. Um, I mean, honestly, I would probably, if I'm Claude Drew, I would rather go to Colorado first. And I only say that because, um, I mean, obviously, right, if I had to pick between the two, just as far as who I think I'm more confident to win a Stanley Cup, I'm going to pick Colorado, right? Hmm. And that's your ultimate goal. Um, I, now, I again, don't know that I agree because Colorado, they're, le- they're, they're really built for the regular season. I mean, they've got the flash and the dash, but in the playoffs, who am I – oh, geez, who am I taking over? Uh, like, do I want an Aaron Ekblad-style – defenseman like a guy who's who's just more than solid everywhere or a Kale McCarr who in the playoffs my guess isn't going to be able to do the things that he can do in the regular season no I absolutely absolutely agree with you 100% no he's Um, still maybe the best defenseman in the game right now uh, at least the most capable with the puck so it's not as if I'm writing him off and saying he's not useful or that he's not of won't wouldn't be one of the better players in that series, but I, I just wonder. I wonder if if Florida kind of has more of this, more like a playoff vibe to their team. Listen, so my my opinion on that, right? So I think Colorado's got enough, gr- you know, sandpaper, enough grit on their back end and up front to compete with the Floridas of the league, right? Um, now, I do think if you're looking at it in terms of getting there. I honestly believe that it's going to be easier for a team like Colorado to, to walk through their conference and their division than it would be for Florida. I think Florida's got way too many. I, I don't want to say way too many because both you know conferences are going to be difficult to get through. But the way Nashville, Dallas, Minnesota are playing right now, if I'm Colorado, really the only team that scares me in their division is St. Louis. Um, but their goaltending has been suspect, so who's going to start for them? When you look at the Pacific division, yes, Calgary is – you know, going to be tough to get by, but LA, Vegas, Edmonton, none of those teams scare me. So if you're Claude Drew, you might look at Colorado and say, you know what? I think we're going to have an easier time getting to the Stanley Cup finals yeah, than maybe, a team 
like yeah. Florida, who's yeah. got to go through Toronto or Tampa and even Carolina and Pittsburgh. So uh, that's a good point that there, I, I agree. There's definitely not the same, the same danger level um, other than maybe a Vegas with Mark Stone. I think we're, we're maybe looking, looking a little differently at a, at a Mark Stone style Vegas. Um, yes. If and if they can get healthy, if Robin Lehner can, I know Robin later, there's been rumors. She's still got a lingering injury in his shoulder. Um, you know, so if he can get back to form or maybe they make a move to bring somebody else in. Yeah. Vegas absolutely is going to be a hell hole to go through for sure. A hell hole. <laughs> yeah. No one wants to go into that building. I mean, let's just be honest. It is one of the best buildings to go and come playoff time or one of the worst. If you're the away team, that's for sure. Yeah. I, I can, I, I dig you on the fact that it's, there's not as much there that you're super afraid of. Um, but at the same time, you know, Colorado just has not been able to get out of the second round. Uh, that's, that's been their Achilles heel. Uh, we'll, we'll see how they fare this year. I think obviously they're like, I, I see them kind of like Tampa Bay where they were like, all right, we understand the regular season doesn't mean as much. Let's like, let's just take our time. Let's ease into it, which like they did have a slow start and then they got going and now they're going. And I mean, you know, this team right now, I think I saw they're on pace for like the same for like 62 wins. Yep. <laughs> so it's not as if they're, <laughs> they're no slouch uh, in the regular season. Uh, I just wonder about their goaltending. That's Darcy Kemper. He's never won a round. Granted, I know he was on the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, the last time he was in the playoffs was, you know, in that in the bubble uh, with Arizona, and then before that with Minnesota in fourteen fifteen, he played one game. Uh, before that, he played six games for Minnesota in thirteen fourteen. So, it not a whole lot of playoff experience, and for the most part. It was Arizona. It's so hard to, it's hard to knock them. Uh, but I just, I want, you know, when I look at Florida though, and I go, man, Sergey Bobrovsky, I, I know you could basically say the same thing in some respects. Like he's really struggled in the playoffs too, but man, Sergey Bobrovsky also in eighteen nineteen he single-handedly beat the Tampa Bay lightning. So it's not as if it's not there in him. Like he's got the ability to steal a series. We've seen it before and he's really returned to that form. He actually is doing, he's on a better pace than his regular season in 18, 19 when he did that in the playoffs. So I just, I think I like Florida's goaltending better and boy, in such a tight series where everything is uh, both teams have a great defense and a great, great forward group. The goaltending is what it might come down to. And I don't know if my, uh, you know, I feel super comfortable with Kemper, especially since there's really nothing behind him. Whereas if Bobrovsky kind of falters, I'm not, you know, I'm not uh, super concerned because of what's behind him as well. Uh, But, Spencer Knight, I guess he, I guess Spencer Knight went back to the, uh, he went back to the minors, didn't he? Yeah, they, uh, they gave him some, some time there to, to get his game together because he's not been so hot this yeah, year. Yeah, so, trying to get him going. So, yeah. yeah, maybe if you're Florida, right, you look at maybe a, a number three goaltender to come in, maybe a Charlie Lindgren from St. Louis, if they're looking to move him at all. Uh, boy, you could look at, you know, some, some other names out there, obviously, but, to me, if, if I'm Florida, right, I mean, you, you talked about Claude Giroux. I think he would be a fantastic addition, and I would, you know, obviously you would not say no if you're Florida, right, if he comes knocking at your door and saying, hey, I want to come here and play. Um, to me, I think the more pressing need, though, because I, I think they have plenty of talent up front. They've got enough depth, depth scoring where I'm not worried if Barkov or Huberto go cold or get shut down where they're going to have issues scoring. Sure, yeah. Um, I think a top four defenseman would be key for this team. Um, someone who can come in right now, I mean, on their number two power play that got Brandon Montour quarterbacking that thing, I would want somebody with a little bit more finesse, a little bit more 
magic to their game. And so maybe they go big and they go after a guy like Mark Giordano, a uh, Hampus Lindholm, maybe even, or or really swing big and go long term with a uh, you know Jacob Chikrin. But to me, that's a move I think better suited for Florida in the off season. But um, yeah, yeah, well, I think. And if if Florida is going, uh, I, Mark Giordano, I could see it. I could see that. Uh, that obviously, I think, would require him to be moved to a couple places beforehand. Uh, it's hard to, with Hampus Lindholm. It's hard to say because we we know that it's either he's traded or he signs it before the deadline. Uh, I have a hunch. I have a hunch that they're going to try that they're going to sign him before the deadline. But uh, I, I also Anaheim doesn't want to do term. That's what I've heard. Anaheim no term. Like they don't want to do eight years for Hampus Lindholm. So oh no, well their their GM now is Pat Verbeek, who's been sitting behind Steve Eisman forever, and Steve Eisman does not give out long term deals to anybody outside of Steven Stamkos. Or right. wait, I think Stamkos already had his deal. But Hampus uh, Lindholm might be your but, like. Well, I guess he. Oh yeah, Kucherov. He Eisman wasn't there when Kucherov signed his deal. Um, but. Yeah, but I mean, still, those are different kind of players in a, than a Hampus Lind- Lindholm. Although, I mean, Hampus Lindholm, boy, he might he might be the most underrated player in the NHL. Player, period. Uh, phenomenal, phenomenal defenseman. He Anaheim would be nothing without him at in this season. I, I think he's a huge reason why they they have done so well, and he's uh, he's a big reason why that that team has not been a like absolute basement team in some years where they didn't have a whole lot going for them. Uh, he's been kind of their, their shining star. I think he could go anywhere and, and in most places is going to be your number one defenseman. So that's uh, I, I'm thinking he's getting it. He's getting big, big money. If he goes to, to free agency and, and gets to go where he wants, I mean, I think he's getting like Darnell Nurse kind of money. Nine two five, Seth Jones, a nine five. He's getting that kind of money on the open market. Yeah, I could see eight and a half million plus easy for this guy, especially like you said, if he hits the market, right? And I think that's probably what the Ducks are struggling with right now because of their their cap situation. They just, you know, they're trying to build for the future, right? They well, they've I, I got, don't I don't think that they're worried about about his cap space today. Or next right. year, or and the that, year after, or the year after. It's the like, you know, his style defenseman when he turns thirty three, thirty four, thirty five in an eight year deal, or a six year, a eight year deal would be he's thirty six. He would be he's twenty eight now. So that's when you're starting to worry because that's when you're going to be competitive, like really competitive. I Man, I, I could see the Ducks making the playoffs next year. Uh, I could also see them taking a little step back from what they did this year as well. Yeah, it's but. I got to think that they're they're willing to go probably six years, five or six years with him, and if they're only going five or six, it's probably it's going to have to be a big number, nine and a half, ten, ten would be a steep price for him. Uh, I don't know if I'd pay ten for home. No, 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 no. But I mean, that's the other thing too. You have to to think about right because Cam Fowler signed at six and a half. You got to obviously give Hampus Lindholm a significant raise over a guy like that, and and then in two seasons you got Jamie Drysdale coming up, and you got to hope too that you know you have another piece signed in there. Not to mention, you know, when you you think about Trevor Zegers and the rest of the forward prospects they have up there, they're gonna have to shell out money here in the next two three years with some players, and uh, so that's the challenge, right? Is do you get him at a reasonable cap hit that you know again four or five years from now when he's starting to maybe decline a little bit you know, gives you that flexibility to still be competitive when your team is, you know, back to Stanley Cup contender. Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, well, let's, speaking of Stanley Cup contender, let's move from one to another. Let's go from the Panthers. I think we, uh, we, I mean, the Panthers don't necessarily need anything, but they could use anything. (laughs) (laughs) Anything that you add to that team is going to be gold. Um, it's just a bonus of what they've already got going on. They have been fantastic so far this year. I mean, a, what a, they're a plus 36. They, they're scoring. They're, they're defending well. I mean, it's just a good team. They've won six in a row right now. Uh, they're, they're hot. 
Uh, let's go Tampa Bay. Because Tampa Bay has no cap space at all. And I don't know what they can really do because they're in a unique situation where there's no there's no one player that you look and you go, okay, yeah, how about like how about we trade who? Like you're not gonna deal someone, you know, like a, a Sorelli or a Kalorn Palat. You're not gonna deal anybody who's who's making decent money to free up space. That's just not gonna happen. So what what do the, can the Lightning even do here? I think that they're stuck with the team they've got. No, I absolutely agree. I think you look at that top six, right? You've got Palop, Point, Kalorn, Kucherov, Sorelli, and Stamkos that are phenomenal, and I wouldn't change a thing right there. And now you look at your your third line. Corey Perry's been playing great this year. Uh, you know, Patrick Maroon, I love the sandpaper he brings, and you've got Belmar there at center. And then beyond that, right, you've got, you've got this, this good group of third line guys here that I think are filling out your bottom six that are more than significant for you to make a long run now again it's it's no Yanni Gord but you know what you can move out to bring someone in are you really going to improve on upon what you already have given your limitations at in the cap space that you don't have right now right so um you know I think unless you know Tampa Bay swings big and by swing big I mean like they trade a guy like Alex Kalorn to, to move some money out or or even go as far as a trading a Ryan McDonough, which, again, is not going to happen, and you'd be stupid to do. So to me, th- there's really no move here that this team can make other than maybe swapping backup goaltenders, right? You Maybe maybe you don't feel so confident about Brian Elliott. I mean, he's been playing okay this year. I don't have a problem with him, but maybe you say, you know what? Hey, we want to bolster that backup goaltender position just a smidgen, so maybe you go and swap him out with a guy like, I don't know, Craig Anderson, who's at a league minimum 750. And you can save a you know a couple bucks there, but now you've you know maybe bolstered that backup position just a little bit more. Yeah, yeah i i I would guess that the Lightning at this point it's like if Vasilevsky goes down, you, you're just not going to repeat. <laughs> that's a, that's a, it. Doesn't matter. Craig Anderson. It doesn't matter who you can bring. They're not going to repeat. You, you need him. You need him more than you needed him the previous two years. Uh, no, absolutely. We need him and to be fantastic. Not to mention they they don't have a second, third or fourth round pick, so they they don't have the capital to really move you know players in and out. Well, and I think at this point you go, okay, we we have won three two cups in a row. I get it. You want to win a third. You have a a great team and you could win a third with this team. I I think more would need to kind of go right uh than it did in the past. Like they they were just so good in past years um, but I think they could do it again I think it's less likely but it's it's they still have Vasilevsky so I think if you you look at this team you go you don't don't waste future assets when you've already won you've just won two cups in a row hang on to your first round pick make your selections whatever you go out in a, in the first couple rounds it's okay no one's going to say anything to you, but but it will be a problem if you trade your first round pick and then you lose in the first round or the second round, and then you're like, "Why did you do that? Like you just you didn't need to do that at this point." Uh, right. Better, I and think, to retool and and look at the roster you have right now and go, "Oh, what we have maybe a better shot at winning a year from now again, or maybe in two years again." than we do right now and that's okay i think they right. they still have probably another th- they still have like a they have a three-year probably about a three-year window in my estimation uh maybe a two with mcdonough you know there some of their players are coming up 32 31 30 like that's that's where it gets tricky but i i think the way that stam coast has been playing this year i i think he's probably got another couple years but I mean, at the same time, you might just go, we won two in a row. Let's just roll. Let's roll the dice. Trade your first-round pick. Make some bold moves and and see what you can do. You know, may, maybe it is a – man, you just don't want to trade the guys who have been impactful in your runs. That's uh, – like, you don't want to go – I mean, to me, Alex Kalorn is the, like, well, he's 32. 
He's got two years left on his deal. If you were to move him now and then you were able to use your first round pick to go out and acquire something else because now you have cap space. And let's say you could get, would you take Giroux over Kalorn? I don't even know if that's worth it. And Kalorn's been so good this year. <laughs> no, and Kalorn brings a lot. I mean, don't Ooh. get me wrong. Kalorn is not as good of a playmaker as a guy like Giroux, but he brings a lot more of those intangibles, and he still, you know, still plays at a high rate of speed Dude, to be able to, to keep up. Kalorn is about to surpass his career high in points. <laughs> I mean, he's having a great year. Now, granted, the year that he, uh, the, the COVID shutdown year, he had 49 points in 68 games. So he would have had more. He probably would have had, you know, closer to, I don't know, 55, 60 maybe. But uh, I, he's having a great year. And you can't ignore that. He's he's 13 points ahead of where he was last year at the same pace. Um, he's playing more like his playoff pace last year where he had 17 points in 19 games. So you, know, you don't want to trade him. You're, it's Giroux isn't enough of an upgrade. Uh, so you just don't have, you don't have anybody that you'd want to move out. You're just kind of this. I mean, you, you built this team. You probably like it. They've won you t- two cups. You're not going to split it up to go and, and do something. I, I, I think they're just going to go ham and see what happens here. Um, but. yeah. Cause the other thing is, is like, you know, you have to, I mean, not necessarily looking too far ahead, but really you're going to lose Pilat after this season because they're not going to have the money to re-sign him. Dude, they don't even and have so, any cap space already for next year. And that's the <laughs> thing, right? So now, right, in the off-season is where you make your moves if you want to retool, right? Because now you have to get Sorelli signed to a new contract and he's going to cost you a few bucks. Um, so, yeah, it'll be an interesting off-season for Tampa. So if I'm Tampa right now, I'm hanging still. I think they've got a good team. There's no sense in really moving any pieces to try to upgrade because you're not going to find anything better. Okay, let's go to the hot Calgary Flames. No pun intended at all. They're just uh, they're God. They're on fire. I I I don't know. I can't I can't stop. Um, <laughs> the the Calgary Flames have been very good all year long. Really, just like one stretch uh, where they were just they were so so. Uh, playing a lot of good teams back-to-back-to-back, and there was the COVID shutdown for them. So it made it look like they were a little further back in the division than they really were. And here we are. Everyone's pretty darn close in games played, and the Calgary Flames are rolling. They're 7-2-1 and one in their last 10. They've played fantastic at home and on the road. Uh, really one of the few teams that have have both a great home and away record in the Western Conference outside of Colorado. Uh, I mean, what are, what can the Flames do after already acquiring Tyler Toffoli um, and Elias Lindholm's looking like a, a world beater right now? I mean, they probably have... The Calgary Flames probably have the best first line in all of hockey in terms of talent and chemistry. Uh, that Kachuk, Goudreau, and Lindholm line has just been phenomenal dude Tyler Toffoli has a point per game since getting he's got seven goals in 11 games so far uh he's turned out very well yeah no doubt that there that was their trade deadline acquisition right there right that was the big prize they wanted and like you said 11 points in 11 games the guy is playing phenomenal hockey right now and again no pun intended but that top line is as hot as they come those guys for whatever reason Sutter has found way to get each of them to play I mean just spectacular together. Kachuk brings the grit and he can still score goals. I mean all three of these guys put up at least 23 goals this season and they're at a plus 35 minimum. That's insane to me. Out of three guys, four groups, two not defenders mind you. So they're playing great at both ends of the ice and really uh, when I look at this Calgary team I think there's there's two things if I'm going to upgrade anything at all because again I think this team is fine. Stay pat. There's no sense in really wasting any more draft capital because you don't have a third, fourth, or first-round pick. You've got two seconds, and so you have to continue to to reload the cupboards for the future. And, uh, you know, who knows what Johnny Gaudreau is going to do after this offseason. You know, is he going to leave for nothing? Or, you know, are they going to get him re-signed? I mean, I think if they, they show they've got a, a bright future there, especially with Kachuk being only 24, they can probably get him locked down. Uh, eight years. I don't know if I would give him eight years, but 
you know, again, that might be the price to pay for a guy he's like him. Eight years, yeah, yeah. Unless he doesn't uh, want it. Unless he wants to, you know. Unless you pull a like an Austin Matthews kind of deal where you get maybe he gets ten, eleven million dollars and uh, on a five year deal, so he can get paid at twenty nine or something like that. But sure, I mean, he's twenty eight. Maybe I take a two, three year deal at the most, and then recash in again. But. Yeah. Again, I'm I'm taking all the money I can right now at this point if I'm Goudreau. So, oh, Goudreau. I what, thought we were talking to Chuck. Sorry. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, at this point, I think if I'm Calgary, the only moves I'm making is maybe adding a little depth scoring uh, because you look at, you know, what this team has. That top six is rolling. Um, you know, I wish I could get a little bit more out of Monaghan. Uh, and maybe that's because, again, his minutes are being very, very limited at this point. But, um, you know, Again, maybe someone on that bottom six wing to come in and play. Maybe I look at, and it's got to be a league minimum type player too. So maybe at this point I'm looking at a guy like, for example, Zach Parisi, right? I think he could come in and really give you some good goals for barely any money. I mean, he's making what, $750,000 right now? So sure. um, at that kind of money to get that type of production, I think would be, be pretty dang good right now at this point uh, in his career. Or maybe I'm bringing in a guy like, uh, Jay Beagle, who can take face-offs, do literally everything defensively, uh, which I know is is Sutter's type of player. So he could fit in very, very well in that bottom line, and he can win almost any kind of draw in the defensive zone for you. So, um, And then again, if I'm looking at a backup goaltender, maybe a Thomas Grice or worst-case scenario, um, you know, you could spend a couple more bucks and move some money out and bring in a Braden Holpe if you're worried about Jacob Markstrom. I don't think you're worried about Jacob Markstrom. <laughs> No, I'm not worried at all, but again... It's, I'm worried it's, about him getting hurt, but Daniel Vladar yes. has been great. Yeah, he's been good, but he he doesn't have much experience. And, and Jacob Markstrom, again, you know, I'm not worried about him as far as his ability to compete and everything like that. Injury. Uh, I mean, he only has 14... Yeah, it's the injury thing, right? You want insurance there because I think uh, this Calgary team, again, if Goudreau walks for nothing, you have to make a decision, right, at this point, like are we going to be as good as we were next year without a, a guy like that on the team? So, uh, you know, that's the only concern. So you might as well just go all in with goaltending if you want to right now and just get, have the insurance there. Okay. Yeah. That's uh, I mean, defense to me, they could, you know, look they're, they're a trade deadline and almost every playoff team is acquiring someone uh, that that maybe they're in the minors, but they have NHL experience. Maybe they're, you know, they're they're kind of the guy who's not playing every night, but they're good enough to hop in an NHL line. Like it, I'm those guys. The uh, I, I hate to say a dime a dozen, but that's kind of how they are. Um, right. But we saw how important those guys were, you know, and and when the Pittsburgh Penguins, when everybody went down and they were loaded up with with all the players that they had acquired at the deadline like that. And it, it just goes to show like you need those types of players. Um, so I, I mean, they're, they're out there. <laughs> there, there are players that, that they could acquire in that sense. Um, but I think that's all they can really afford to do. I mean, they just don't have the space anymore. You know, they've got about a, like a little less than a million, um, so barring like moving a guy down to the minors, if you acquire somebody, you might have like 1.2 million. So I, I also just, this team out of any team that's near the top of the standings, uh, is there another team that has like more team chemistry than the Calgary flames right now? Sure. Like, yeah. Their team, their, that chemistry and the, and the way that certain guys play together. I mean, Justin, this, Milan Lucic has found a home. <laughs> He's playing as good as you could ever hope that Milan Lucic could play and has his role. He's got nine goals in 56 games. I mean, he's he's playing well. Uh, I and and he's he's like chipping in in a different type of way, in a way that they need him to be. Like he's it's it's not the same, but he's like if this were fifteen years ago, he's your fourth line fighter. But he's not really going out and fighting all that often. But he's creating that that vibe, that intimidation factor that no like there are very few players in the league that can offer that and actually play. Uh, and he can he can play and I mean boy he can he can throw some monster hits. 
Um, and like those highlight real hits that just get everybody going on the bench. I mean, you, you know, you know what it's like to be, uh, you're, you're a goalie and you, somebody just bowls over someone on the other team. It just gets everyone jacked up. Oh uh, yeah. So uh, he, he's got a, it's just like everybody has their role. Everyone knows what to do. Uh, it's, it's a very delicate place to be though. You don't want to add the wrong guy to a, to a situation like that because it, it might be more fragile than you think. So we'll see what the, the flames end up doing. Uh, well, let's close it out with the LA Kings. Definitely the most unexpected team to be in our man. Not only is this team in the playoffs, but like they're in the freaking playoffs. <laughs> like it's sure looking good for them. Eight and two in their last 10. They won their last three and the LA Kings have some space. They've got $6.3 million in cap space. What do you think the Kings do with this space? If I'm LA, honestly, I'm trying to just hang around, be competitive. I'm not going to try. I mean, obviously, yes, you want to go in and compete for a Stanley Cup like any other team that makes the playoffs. But if I'm LA, I'm not spending any assets. I'm not wasting any picks uh, or at least, you know, first, second or thirds uh, for any sort of high priced forwards defensemen. Because, again, they've got so many good young players on this team right now that I'm just getting them opportunities to compete in the playoffs and give them time to develop. That's what I want more than anything else for this LA Kings team. Now, if I have to go out and make a move for somebody, I think probably a veteran defenseman, um, somebody who can come in, add some stability to that back end because outside of Drew Doughty and Roy there, I mean, really, um, you know, they're a little bit young. They're a little bit fresher. They've got some, some younger guys back there. So, um, you know, maybe I'm trying to move a guy like Oli Mata out and bringing in somebody else that can fill in some top four minutes at an inexpensive cost. Um, perhaps it's a guy like, you know, maybe a Brad Hunt or a Nick Letty. You can get Detroit to eat some cap money there. Uh, maybe a Justin Braun from Philadelphia, who's a little bit, you know, again, older guys that have experience and can provide some leadership to that young core of players there. Because um, to me, again, that's that's the thing, right? You want to get these younger players time to develop and, and, you know, LA's going to be competitive for a while. They have probably the best prospect pool in the entire NHL. So don't waste it right now when you're not really a, sta- a true Stanley cup contender, like the Colorado's Florida's or Tampa's. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that LA is the team that's going to go out and acquire a UFA. Uh, they're not there, but that doesn't mean that they're not going to take advantage of, something that's going on for a player who maybe has some term, uh, you know, look, looking around the league teams that are, that are willing to give up on players that actually have term, uh, that you can deal at the deadline obviously is a, a little bit more complicated. Um, here's the thought though, right now it's, it's being said that the Minnesota wild want a second round pick for Jack McBain's rights to negotiate. Uh, you know, Jack McBain's a BU or Boston college, Boston college, I think Boston college. Uh, yep. Uh, prospect. He's, he is, doesn't look like he's going to sign with the Minnesota wild. He could sign wherever he wants and he can play this year. Uh, I mean, we've seen this with like Adam Fox, Jimmy VC, uh, we've seen it a few times, and uh, it it doesn't always you know pan out to be this phenomenal player. But uh, Jack McBain looks like he's going to be an NHL player when he when he signs with the team and comes over. What if that's it? like? Are I'm to me? I'm willing if Jack McBain says, "Yeah, I'll sign in L.A." Uh, wow, am I willing to? I'll pay a second round pick to bring a younger guy in again fits with the mold, right? Like he's, he's a younger guy, but he's played four years of college hockey. So it's not, you're not going and bringing a player up who's 19 years old. Uh, so maybe that's a, you know, you trade your second round pick, you get Jack McBain and he comes in and he's able to contribute, but, and he has to sign an ELC. So you get him on the cheap as well. 
and uh, and then you worry you know then in two years you'll worry about his uh about the next year but that's that to me is is the type of move that la should make a move that will make them better now and will make them better later and you know what if if he wasn't nhl ready or you know or he's yeah he's just not he's not beating people out that's fine. You can send him to the American Hockey League, and he plays in the American Hockey League for uh, the remainder of the season and gets to play in the playoffs down there. You lose the second round pick, but you know what? He's everyone in the league. I think if they were guaranteed to sign Jack McBain, they would trade a second round pick for him. I think almost everyone in the league would. Yeah. The other thing I'm hearing too is Minnesota is also willing to take a look at a rental UFA for McBain as well. Now again. Are they going to just take the UFA or are they going to take the UFA maybe a lesser pick, right? Um, yeah, so I if, guess it if, depends on the rental, right? <laughs> right. Now, if I'm if I'm Minnesota, maybe I'm looking at an Andre Athanasiu right now, right? If if I'm L.A., who's, again, he's a UFA 27, the guy is fast as lightning, can still, you know, has a little finesse to his game and you put him with the right people. And I know, again, um, you know, he started his career as a center and has been more traditionally on the wing, um, but again, you know, that gives you a little bit more depth as far as, you know, Minnesota's concerned, because that's a team that could really use center depth right now. Um, you know, and again, we know, you know, the rest of, you know, LA, they've, they've got plenty of, of centermen down the pipeline between Quinton Byfield and Turcock. So they don't have to really worry about losing another potential centerman. And again, at 27 years old, Anthony C is not going to be in their long-term plans. Now he might be in the short-term plans. They might be planning to re-sign him for two or three years, but long-term, right? He's not there. So he's a guy you could part with for a guy like McBain. He's also someone that you're going to want around in the playoffs. I think, you know, he he can, uh, he's a good good guy. You can move him up and down your lineup. He actually has uh, three goals in the last two games. He three goals in the last five, or four goals in the last five games. He's, uh, He's been hot since since coming back off of injury. Uh, he's only played 21 games so far this year, uh, but yeah, I mean he, uh, he. I think he got hurt a couple times because he didn't even play his first game until November the fifth, um, and and then he he got hurt late December. So it's it's kind of been a, a and and L A only had five games all of February. So that that makes it weird, <laughs> you know. That's it. like so. It's, I, but when I look at uh, what he what he brings to the table, I, it would be it would be tough to give up Athanasiu for a player that has never played in the NHL, and maybe you're hoping he could take his place, but you don't know. And Athanasiu has six years of experience in the National Hockey League playing the penalty kill like he he's very useful uh so i i don't know that that would be the player you'd give up i could see uh i could see a a team that's out of the playoffs trading a rental for jack mcbain i could see that where it's like hey you know we're gonna miss the playoffs we'll take this guy you take our you take our rental uh, if they had the cap space it would be a great piece in a, a claude Giroux move though oh that would be a nice piece. I mean, Minnesota after this year, they don't, they aren't going to have any cap space. <laughs> uh, no. Next year yeah. they have they have a projected ten million dollars in cap space, but uh, they have to re-sign Kevin Fiala. They're losing Golagoski. Um, yeah, it's and they and Capo Kakinen is an RFA, so they're going to need to. Uh, I think it's Parisi and Suter. They both jump up to six point three seven one each. <laughs> so yeah, and there's tw- already reports out there about them trading for uh, Shea Weber's contract, so they can help alleviate some of that dead cap space there I, too. But yeah, I did hear that. Yeah, so that they can like use the LTIR space as more space. Yeah, it's an interesting prospect. Um, well, uh, that's the Minnesota Wild, LA Kings. I. I I just I have a hunch that they could do something because 
they, yes, they are a young team, but they also did just go and trade for Victor Arvidsson, who's 28. They signed Philip Deneau long-term, who's 29. It's not as if this team is a young team all around. I mean, you know, Kopitar's 34, Dowdy's 32. This might be an opportunity missed if you don't take a shot, especially since what you said earlier in the show the Western Conference is kind of wide open. Like, if somebody knocks Colorado off early, then everything is 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 like a crapshoot almost. Like, you could sneak through in the West. Uh, I I don't think that it would be the worst thing for LA to maybe trade a first round pick if they could get the right player in there uh, to to enhance their team. Yeah, now I have heard their name linked to uh, Jacob Chikrin a few times, so there's a big name splash you could make if you wanted to say, you know, hey, Kopitar, Brown, we're we're gonna we're gonna get rid of this first rounder, we're gonna move some pieces, and we're gonna we're gonna bring in a big name guy to help help on the back end there. And that move makes sense for them. They sure. really don't have much on the back end um, in terms of money, right? And so even in the afford. long term, right? It's just. It's a smart move to have a guy like that anyways. Absolutely. All right. Well, I think that's the final four team. I I was kind of going through trying to figure out who else uh, we hadn't hit on. Uh, do I don't I, I think that we might uh, we might have missed a couple teams. Um, I think it's maybe like the Predators and the Blues. Did we do the Predators? I don't remember. Yes, we did do the Predators. We have done the St. Louis Blues. Um, there you go. See, we haven't done Dallas. If what you would, want to count, what would we do without you, Justin? <laughs> yeah, there yeah, we go. I we write things down, short. but well, I I do too. They're just in old notes. <laughs> I'm not looking at my old note. Okay, yeah. I right, yeah. see here. Yeah, Avalanche, Wild Blues, Predators is what we did. Um, yeah, we could do the Dallas Stars. Um, that's probably uh, well, and and maybe it's time we we jump into some of these non-playoff teams. Uh, but we're like rapidly approaching the trade deadline as, as we speak anyway. So, you know, the trade deadline is Monday, March 21st. So uh, actually I'm, I'm leaving for South Carolina. Again, I'm going on my second vacation in two weeks. Uh, I don't know how that worked out that way, but that is what Rough it life. is. I'm just taking all my <laughs> vacations all at once. Um, and then I'm just going to slave for the next 11 months. Uh, I'm wondering, I, I mean, at this point, we're just going to do a, uh, our next show is probably going to be a trade deadline show. <laughs> You're just going through all the trades anyways, right? Cause I'll, I'll be gone. So, um, look forward to that. We'll, we will be breaking down all the trade deadline trades, um, we like to give it a, you know, we're not going to be second by second on all the trades. Uh, we like to see 3 p.m. comes. We'll look at all the deals and, and we'll begin to dissect everything that happened on trade deadline. So look for that. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at OT Hockey Talk. Justin, have a wonderful week next week. Good luck, uh, you know, doing whatever it is you're going to do with your your cottage that you bought. <laughs> I'm just calling it a cottage now. Might as well. Even though it's your house. Oh, that's beautiful. You're turning a cottage into a house, basically, is what you're doing. I love it. Because the people before thought they turned a cottage into a house, and then they went, oh, mother, we forgot insulation. <laughs> <laughs> Who forgets the insulation? It's not like they did that in 1931. This is, I mean, even in 1931, they had insulation. They had, you know, sheep. They could throw the sheep wool in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I just took down another light fixture that was hanging on literally by one nail. Oh, there you Perfect. go. Perfect. There you go. That's oh, beautiful. Yeah, it's yeah. lovely the things that you can find. I found a bat in my attic today. A dead one. A, a dead. It was dead. But it looked but like still. it looked like a piece of ripped. Uh, you know, the back part of insulation. How it like? It's a little black on the back. Mm-hmm. The old, especially the older stuff. And it looked like just like a ripped piece of insulation, and I like kind of kicked it, and then I looked at it. Was like, wait a second, that's not a piece of insulation. That has legs <laughs> <laughs> and wings. 
<laughs> um, it was a dead bat. Uh, we That's had bats great. at one point, but they they're gone. They died. And apparently, well, they they left. We we got them out and then blocked off the entrance. Um, but obviously, somebody got stuck inside. Oops, sorry. <laughs> my bad, my bad. Don't call uh, Peter uh. on me. Uh, all right, Justin, have a good rest of your day. And to our listeners, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you guys. Trade deadline day, March twenty first. Uh, well, it'll probably be the next day, but you know when you're hearing it. But okay. Uh, I should probably just hit the end button, call it good, because I'm rambling. Talk to you guys soon.